Michael Oshlink here with uh, John St. Clair. John is a musician with over 50 years of experience. He's done sound design for theater and feature films and has performed at hundreds of sound meditations. He has multiple degrees in music, is accomplished in all musical styles, and teaches all the string instruments part-time from a studio that's in Encinitas, California. For the last 10 years, John has been in private practice. He recently designed and built a structure in La Costa, California, exclusively for the study and practice of vibrational medicine. The room is sound isolated, EMF shielded, and filled with instruments laid out with precisely measured sacred geometry. John, how you doing? Good, man. That's a mouthful. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I got to say, your, your work and your space is amazing. And I can attest to it because I was there just a few weeks ago. I was fortunate to be introduced to you by a mutual friend, Catherine Devine, who recommended a session with you. Uh, came to your place, we spent probably the first almost two hours just talking about the science behind vibrational medicine, sound healing. And then I got the benefit of an hour of your amazing healing practice. Um, and I'm, it's still unfolding as we speak. Wow. Great work, John. <laughs> Thanks for being receptive. Yeah, no, it's so... So before we kind of get into what you're presently doing now, or for, I should say for the past 10 years in terms of vibrational medicine and sound healing, and I, and I want you to kind of walk me through the science of it and some of the effects you've had on people. Before we get there, just give us a little background. I gave a little bit of, of your background, but like how you, what led you to become a healer? Oh, you know, it's interesting. I get people, so ask the same question in different ways of, so how did you get started in all this? <laughs> where do you start? At the Big Bang? At, it's hard to say, you know, um, there's, <clears throat> if I have to go back as far as I can, I'll probably go back to the Beatles. Oh, wow, cool. Because um, if, if I'm gonna give credit to anybody, <laughs> so I start there because that was like, oh, I have to learn how to play guitar. That was it. After that, maybe, uh, would be Marcel Vogel, who I studied quartz healing with crystals with. And, um, you know, that was very brilliant, inspiring genius to just be in his presence. And then, um, and then more recently, meaning like probably 12 years ago, um, I was sitting in the lodge of a Native American medicine woman, friend of mine, and she said, I just see you with this bowl in front of you, this big bowl in front of you. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll get one. And well, and then, and next thing you know, I'm building a room for a giant gong. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there are a lot of little pieces that come together and some, and some big uh, interactions you have with people that kind of led you to this path of, of a healer using vibrational medicine. You mentioned Vogel, if I, hopefully I pronounce his name correctly. I remember studying his work back in the late 80s, early 90s, is that possible? He was a scientist? Um, or am I yeah, misremembering the time yeah. frame? He passed away in the early 90s on my birthday. Wow. And um, I want to say 92, but I, I could be mistaken. Uh, I'm not very good about that. But um, yeah, so probably in the 10 or 15 years before that, uh, you know, he worked on a way to develop, to cut quartz crystals in a way to accentuate their healing capability which he claimed that his crystals were cut to 
be tuned specifically to the water molecule. Um, and so I'm kind of working to uh, taking that and running with it to develop it to demonstrate how that's actually true. So this is going to take a, a kind of a deeper dive into science, of course. Um, talk to talking about how crystals relate to water. I know we're going to have to get into information theory, and then how that relates to human health and well-being. <laughs> and can you do that in a short period of time? <laughs> no, Twenty-five words or less. <laughs> At least tease us. Tease us. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start with how it relates to human health and well-being because, uh, first of all most people are under the impression that their body is 60 to 70% water. And if you have a statistic and you ask anybody, that's what they're gonna say. And yes, that's true in terms of volume of your body, but by the number of molecules in your body, you're 99% water. So um, I'm thinking looking at the 99% might be a good idea. Mm -hmm. And, and what's going on with that 99%? And what's going on is that every, the, the water in every living cell is 99% water. All of the water in that cell is structured into hexagonal rings of all living things. And uh, crystals are structured in hexagonal rings in the exact same fashion. In water, it's H2O. In crystals, it's SiO2, but regardless, it's one and two, and they are combined to form these hexagonal rings. And so information is stored in those rings, I believe. Um, from my studies, my theory is that the electrons move around the circle in these hexagonal rings, that creates a magnetic field and that stores information. And that information, uh, maybe it's, um, non-useful information about limiting beliefs of your childhood that you, as a pattern you've been carrying for a long time, or even transgenerational, we can talk about that later if you want, um, any transgenerational trauma that could be resonating in your water molecules. And when you can shift those and erase the information that's stored in them, then you can restore your body to its natural state. And in when they're restored to your natural state, you experience a sense of deep inner peace, of knowing and understanding your life purpose. Did that answer your question? Wow, yes. <laughs> but let's just acknowledge that there's a lot there. <laughs> um, briefly walk us through your research that you're doing to actually prove that, that information is stored magnetically within these structures. Oh, well, you know what? Um, uh, Luc Montagnier won the Nobel Prize for discovering the AIDS virus. Mm -hmm. And he has shown that um, information can be stored in structured water, and then that information can inform your DNA. And yes, amazing. You can check out his, there's a YouTube video that shows the whole thing, maybe about 45 minutes, but these amazing results where he would just take human DNA and dilute it 10 to 1 and spin it for 15 seconds, maybe five seconds, I forget. Dilute it 10 to one, spin it again, do that a bunch of times until roughly, you know, maybe there's one, maybe there's no molecules of, of the original sample left in the water. And then you can measure an electromagnetic signal in that water 
He transmitted that signal from his laboratory in France to a university in Italy. And there in Italy, they played that signal into some water. <clears throat> and then they, it's all shielded electromagnetically and they play that signal into the water. So it's the only thing the water is hearing. They call it music actually. Um, and, and then they take that water, add some nucleotides and put it in a polymerase chain reaction machine. And there is the human DNA exactly like the sample, 98% accurate. And um, I, I have just thought the implications of this are so astounding that, uh, you know, if you're on Mars and you need a horse, it's probably pretty expensive to FedEx your horse to Mars. And by the way, that's how horses get around. I have a friend who horses here. She goes back and forth for the East Coast to the West Coast. So I'm like, how do you get your horse back to New York? She goes, well, believe it or not, it's Federal Express. <laughs> but, so uh, when the day comes to Federal Express your horse to Mars, it's gonna be expensive. Yeah. But here you could just kind of fax your DNA there and, and they could just grow whatever you want. So um, that's pretty interesting. So in terms of information being stored in water, his, his, his very compelling results. So you, let, let me ask you a question about him though, because you know, as the discoverer of the HIV virus, you know, he got world recognition. Yeah. His discovery of this process has not garnered him world recognition. Oh yeah. Reverse is actually true. Well, you know, um, talk a little bit about that, but I'm also curious too, just in terms of the example you gave in terms of transmitting information from the earth to another planet, I have to imagine NASA, I mean, they're always on the cutting edge of these things. They would be interested in something like this. So counterimpose like what some large institutions might be thinking if they're actually are following this path versus how he has been treated so far with his discovery. Um, well, if, if you had a way to use vibration to change the water molecules in your body so that they were restored to their natural state, your physiology is working 100% efficient, guess what? You don't need any more pharmaceutical medications. Okay. Any more questions? Okay. <laughs> so now we understand what happened to him. <laughs> Well, but I have to imagine there has to be other scientists, uh, including yourself, and, who, and you're actually doing this work, but there has to be other scientists who looked at what he, uh, what he did between his university and the other university, I think you said in Spain, yeah. and wanted to replicate it. You know, um, I haven't looked at all of that so much. Okay. Yeah. Kind of focus on doing what I'm doing. Right on. Very good question. And when it comes time to write my next paper, I'm going to have to do that research so that I can document that, at least notice, note it in there. Right. Uh, but to, to finish to complete answering your question, really, so now, what if you can take crystals and vibration and, and change the resonance of the information stored in 99% of the molecules of your body? Well, I think that's a good idea. Um, oh, so warning. Do not try this at home. If you're going to change the resonance of 99% of the molecules in your body, get at least a little bit of training. Hmm. So, sounds like a good warning. <laughs> a lawyer couldn't have said it any better. 
All right, so you utilize these crystals as part of your healing process in the chamber behind you. I believe that you're in front of your place that I was uh, in. Yeah, you know, I can't go inside because uh, it's shielded. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of make it. There's audio, right? There's no video? There's, there's video and audio, so we, we definitely want you going inside. No, no. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll have you take, I actually, I already took a few pictures of your place inside for the purposes of this interview. Oh, so okay. we have that, but right. you, you utilize Chris crystals and you utilize sound. Let me walk our listening audience through what it was like for me. So we had this amazing two hour conversation, like on the kind of a peek inside of your mind and how you think about these things, some of your theories. You had me lay on the table, which I'll have pictures of literally surrounded by crystals you played all kinds of music, I assume. I, I don't even, to be honest with you, recall the, the, the music I was played. All I recall is the non-ordinary states of consciousness, which I accessed immediately, which lasted for the totality of the hour together, um, which led me to some amazing pretty insights about m things that were happening with myself, uh, encounters with people in my life who were not, quote unquote, there. Um, including having a conversation, seeing my mom as an example, who had passed away many years ago. She came to visit me during the session. And as I joking, joked with you, I asked you about your African uh, healer assistant at the end of the session who was standing next to me. And you're like, well, Mike, uh, there's only us two in the room. <laughs> so just being in that space. In physical form. In physical form. Yeah, exactly. Just being in that space, you know, whatever you did to me induced these non-ordinary states of consciousness is almost like a very like a dreamlike state. And I, and as I said, I just I had some healing regarding some bi biographical issues I was dealing with, encounters with non-corporeal beings. Um, talk to me about like what? <laughs> <is that> typical? <laughs> Um, you know, what if you, I came to see you because I just was curious and interested in what the experience might be like. I didn't come to you necessarily with like, oh, I have an illness or a disease or a, 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 a psychological issue I want to deal with. Um, people who come to you, what do they usually come to you for and what kind of results do they get? Well, everybody has, uh, hard to speak for everybody, but some sort of illness or psychological disease, yep. you know, but in terms of we all have some kind of stuff that we could be better at. Yeah. You don't have to necessarily, and, and it's on a spectrum, right? Yep. And so you didn't come in with like specific things, but as we talk for her all that time, you know, some of the things came up were like, well, you know, I, I wouldn't mind if this was better. Yeah. 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 Right on. Right. And so, uh, so people come in with all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, uh, in terms of what you said about the experience, you know, I have uh, somebody who's a teacher, he had quite a profound experience, and, and he said, uh, he gave me a little video testimonials on my uh, channel somewhere, where he says, uh, look, this is not a dream. This was not a dream. This was real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. For him? I mean, just, I'll describe his a little bit, since uh, it's anonymous. He was out in space fighting a monster with a sword and he split the monster in half and saw that the monster was hollow but all the energy that was that monster came towards him and turned into a set of golden wings behind him and then he flew around the universe he had all these other experiences right. and so and this was not a dream this was real 
Now, this is a guy who is straight-laced, never done any drugs, very, I mean, he's a wonderful person, very clear-minded, uh, you know, and he's like, this was real. So, yeah. yeah so, what's okay. real, huh? Yeah, well, I got, it, my experience is really trippy, um, for sure. <laughs> it sounds like his was as well. And my experience was not like, oh, I'm dreaming. And then I woke up the, in 59 minutes later. And I, it was more like I was awake and these things were occurring around me. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, that was my experience, at least subjectively. That's what I, yeah, my experience. Um, what about those crystals and the music allow me and, and this other guy and I assume others to have access to these non-ordinary states. What, what, what about that stuff induces these non-ordinary states? Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, uh, in my studies with uh, Don Conroe, the grand gong master, he said, the universe is a gong. And I was like, yeah, Don, I know you really like gongs, but I'm not so sure about that. But the, the universe contains every frequency. And the gong contains every frequency. Okay, so in one sense, the universe is a gong. Um, but in the practical sense, when it comes time to meditate, um, some people have difficulties. And, okay, still your mind. Focus on your breath. Have a mantra. Don't have any thoughts. If you're thinking about not having any thoughts, are you having thoughts? And whatever it is, you have to do something. I have to sit down and meditate. How am I going to do that? Do nothing. Okay. Um, focus on your breath. Now you're doing something. No matter what, but the gong does it too. Hmm. All the all the vibrations and combined with the crystals as well, right? It's just icing on the cake. Does it to you so that you can just go into that state? It's not, you know, in the last couple of weeks, just somebody standing behind the gong for five minutes. Uh, twice, I had people say, "Wow, I went back to the Big Bang." Wow. Okay. Not uncommon, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that's their experience, and that's yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. You know? All right. So, uh, my experience and this other gentleman's experience aside, let's just, just let you know, they're very interesting. Yeah. For sure. Um, people who come to you and they say, I have a particular disease, uh, disorder, disease, mental, you know, psychological issue, anxiety, depression, or physical ailments, maybe diabetes or heart disease or, so, you know, something else, whatever it might be. Walk me through, and, you know, obviously you're not a doctor, you're, you're not diagnosing, assessing people, but people come through your, come through you, and on the other side of you, there, there's a healing that takes place or a series of healings that takes place. So without giving me, you know, giving away any kind of your clientele's private information, can you walk me through some of the people who've come to you and the results they've gotten in terms of health and healing, besides trippy experiences? <laughs> yeah, the trippy experiences are not to be underestimated. No, I completely agree. Right? Because if you can change your view, I'm a big fan of um, Joe Dispenza, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with him, but his book, You Are the Placebo, is highly recommended because it's your thoughts that can change your body to heal whatever it is. And there's plenty of other, besides him, additional research on placebo. And um, if nothing else, yes, there's physical 
vibrations. And if nothing else, if you can believe that you can change, you can change your state of mind so that you can change how you think about things, you can heal anything. Now, some things are more probable than others, right? If you've been smoking for 65 years and you come in to see me you want, and you, know, you want to stop smoking and heal your um, abused body, might take more than one session. <laughs> but if if you want to come in and stop smoking, maybe you've been smoking on and off for 20 years, maybe you've been smoking for five or six years, one session pretty much do the trick. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Um, but stop smoking isn't really what I focus on. What I focus on is um, restoring restoring 99% of the molecules in your body to their natural state. And in their natural state, they are like antennas to cosmic consciousness where the truth of who you are can be sensed and felt within your being. And, and the choices you make from that frame of mind tend to support your life purpose in the best possible way. So it's almost like you, you help re remove the noise from the system. Oh, yeah, that's good. So the individual can actually hear deeply their inner wisdom, the voice of God, spirit, cosmic intelligence, you know, however you want to, whatever your, your point of view is. Um, really good. I got to write that down. Removing the noise from the system is better than saying getting rid of your bullshit. <laughs> getting rid of bullshit is good too. <laughs> Which is what I have been using, you know, <laughs> in the, uh, part of my practice yeah anyway so so the the gong the crystals i have to imagine if someone was uh, had um uh, an electroencephalogram uh, connected their head is that the, is that the one for the brainwave activities yeah um the they they would measure significant changes from waking consciousness before they entered your space and when they're doing that process well, I have talked about doing that, um, and maybe in the next year or so, I will. Maybe cool. To take care of right now, but um, maybe in a year or so, I will. I have, you know, to, um, those are interesting studies, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I'm working on that, of what are the things to really measure. Yeah. It's going to be useful measurements to demonstrate what's going on, and yeah, you know, I went back to school to get a graduate degree to do that very thing, to demonstrate what's going on, because I've been doing this for a while, and institutions are generally kind of too limiting for, you know, what I want to do, although I have hundreds of units still, <laughs> um, uh, in terms of, I, I found California Institute for Human Science. Right, right, right. Um, you know, they don't have those limitations. Nice. They are founded 25, 26 years ago on the premise of studying the, the unification of science and spirituality. So, boom, I'm in. Nice. It's been great. Good. So that is so, one of the experiments we're looking at. Another thing I, just, I was thinking too, just in terms of heart rate variability. Might That's be the only one we're looking at. I'm okay. About that already. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I haven't done tests with heart rate variability with the sessions and you know I'm working right now to design 
the experiments from the thesis to put this all together. Awesome. And, and those are, you, you're on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> those are things my thesis advisor and I have already been discussing. Awesome. The exact same. <laughs> I was a fly on the wall listening to you guys talk. <laughs> Dude, you're connected. <laughs> There's resonance. You're the hundredth monkey. <laughs> I think my wife might agree with you that at least I'm a monkey. <laughs> oh man. So, all right. So um, I heard you say that, that you've had a client come through who smokes and through a yeah. session, you're able to uh, disabuse him of that habit. Yeah. What other things have you seen clients successfully deal with through your system? Well, anxiety is kind of a big one. It's so common, uh, and eliminating that is extremely useful. People have anxiety about, you know, especially when you just have, you know, generalized anxiety. You just, your fight or flight is triggered. You know, getting rid of that is really good. Mm -hmm. that, that, getting rid of that's really good. Now, in terms of other physical things, I've had all kinds of interesting stuff, um, and of course, I don't claim to cure anything. Of course not, right. You know, if anything, I just want to be the biggest possible placebo. Hmm. <laughs> right? So that you can facilitate the change that you need for yourself. And what I really mean by that is to hold a space that allows you to, through your own consciousness, to transform your thoughts and beliefs about who you are and how you show up in the world in whatever ways it can be like a dream it can be all kinds of things you know trippy experience or you could just go wow yeah i don't know i just feel really relaxed mm -hmm. you know so that's not uncommon either or I, I was out in space but uh so for example i had one woman who uh came in and i don't remember what she was there for but originally and uh but she had type 1 diabetes and she just accepts that uh, it's genetic. There's nothing you can do. And I'm like, well, did you have, how long have you had it? Well, since I was 10, I said, well, if it was genetic, how come you didn't have it before then? Hmm. Well, all, you know, all my uncles and relatives have it. I'm like, did they have it when they were born or how, how old were they when they got it? You know, everybody was about 10. I'm like, well, so there's a pattern here. You can, change your thoughts and beliefs, change the information in 99% of the molecules in your body and change your DNA. And um, she was traveling. So I'd only seen her twice. And it was interesting because the second time was when we, I, I think I did the thing about uh, diabetes because I only saw her one time for diabetes. The first time I forget was what she came in for. And she just said, well, I never considered that it was an option that I could make a change. And, um, so once, once she could let go of her limiting belief that this is how things were, then she could start to make a change. And she wrote me back over Thanksgiving, you know, she was in Ireland or somewhere and said, thank you so much. You know, I'm using less and less insulin all the time. And I would have never considered that that was possible. And, you know, you could do anything. It's, it's all in your head. We're just, we're making everything all up. You guys, you know. But, but let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm kind of almost hearing two 
parallel paths or two parallel processes. One is that the crystals and the gong and the, and the through the resonance remove the noise in the system of your, your physical body. So, so everything functions optimally as it was intended to do before all the crap, the bullshit, as you say, was put in, whether it's through environmental you know, toxins and chemicals or bad food, air, water, bad thoughts. What's that? It's generational trauma. Well, actually, I wanted to ask you about uh, that, that as well. Um, so, so your process is changing the, the physical state of the, of the body at the, at, the, at the molecular level, at the water's molecular level. Um, but then also here you're saying, too, that you can also change your thinking to change your physiology, too. It, is it both things that are occurring in the work that you do? Where do you think? How do you know that you think? Where does that come from? Where does your thinking come from? Who's doing the thinking? Mm. And it's memory. It is information stored in all those water molecules that is informing your consciousness. Okay. And how does your consciousness work? Nobody knows. I'm saying the water molecules are antennas to, to your consciousness. That you know, I am the drop, I am the ocean. And that the ocean is resonating through the antennas of 100 trillion water molecules in my body, or however many it is. Um, and, and that is what's informing my thinking. And okay. that is also informing my DNA. Okay. Because information that can be stored in water and that information that's stored in water can inform your DNA. Okay. 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 So what? Okay. I, I think I, I, I'm I'm visual, so I'm picturing it. So it's not either or. It's it's an integrated uh, integrated approach, and it's like as above, so below, and vice versa. Like it's a feedback system that goes from the the, the mac, micro to the macro back and there forth. You go. Right. Okay. This is the nature of the universe. Yeah, yeah. There's a feedback system from micro to macro. Nice. Okay. Intergenerational trauma. That's the gong of the universe. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, intergenerational trauma. I found it interesting when you talked about your client who all her family members developed type 1 diabetes at age 10. Yeah. You know, there's a pattern there. Talk about what your thinking is in terms of intergenerational trauma and the transmission of kind of these habits mostly bad habits, but also good habits through, through time and space, through family. That's pretty interesting. Really, those are habits of perception. And we all have habits of perception where we see things and we believe them to be a certain way because it's more convenient than if we had to look at it more closely and understand it more deeply of what's really going on. And so we have certain habits of perception. And you know, the, everyone in her, in her family getting diabetes at, at 10 was a habit of perception, uh, and that created a certain belief, and nobody thought to think, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, let me give you another one. Uh, a woman came in who was, uh, had been, uh, she was a New York fashion runway model, retired, and she's a mixed-race woman, came from the Caribbean islands. And um, she was being abused by her husband. Now she's divorced and she's away from him and stuff, but he, she's still getting abused from him, from lawyers or whatever. And um, 
suffered abuse as a child. And so um, let's find out where, what's the source of this? We could go back to the first time. When did this happen? Let's go, you know, and we do a little process and drop down into a time in her past, in her timeline. And I said, so what do you see? And she's like, I'm running through the jungle. I'm terrified. I'm like, okay, I want you to float back up. Let's go back further. And before any of the circumstances leading up to this first event, what happened? She's like, I'm sitting in a little village. There's kids playing. There's women washing clothes. Okay, fine. Now you know what it feels like not to have the feeling of ever being abused. And this was a, a huge breakthrough to not have that feeling because where she dropped down the first time was a great, 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 however many grandmother being captured as a slave, abused on the ship, coming over to the Caribbean islands. Every generation was abused, 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 and still she, you know, up to her. And so um, that was kind of, you know, very telling. Uh, in terms of practical research, uh, you know, scientists had given, uh, had rats smell cherry blossoms and then given them electric shock. Then when they quit giving them the electric shock, the rats still had the same response when they smelled the cherry blossoms. And it took multiple generations before the rats stopped having that response when they smelled cherry blossoms. There's quite a bit of research on um, transgenerational trauma of like if your grandfather had suffered through a famine, the possibility of you being obese is increased. There's all kinds of research about transgenerational trauma and um, it's very interesting. And also it helps people to feel more at ease sometime to go, so it's not me, I'm not doing something wrong. This is the hand I was dealt. Okay, what can I do about it? Right, 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 right. You know, the, the way you described uh, the, the fashion model's story reminds me of my studies with Dr. Stan Groff. Oh yeah, um, he's great. Yeah, because he has his whole, his whole codec, co um, codec experience, coex thought the system where it goes from biographical similarly oriented experiences birth similar oriented experiences and then transpersonal similarly oriented experiences and there's that theme throughout pre-life life into the present time keep showing up keep showing up yeah. we're waiting to break that habit or that pattern but it keeps showing up until we're capable of doing so and it sounds like you gave her the opportunity to both see that pattern that was you know, pre-personal or transpersonal in this case, personal biographical, and then gave her the opportunity to break it by seeing it from a different perspective. Is that kind of an accurate way of so characterizing I, I, it? I can't speak to exactly what happened in her mind and how okay. it worked. I believe that your characterization is fantastic, very clear and, and accurate. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of a book called, um, called Ancestral Medicine. And it's about healing your ancestors. And um, I ordered it thanks to you. Oh, have you read that book? And I, I got it once since I got home. Oh, yeah. Um, it's all about connecting with your ancestors. So here you are. You've been dealt this hand of diabetes or abuse or whatever the things are. These are ancestral traumas that have been passed on. Now you have the opportunity in healing your ancestral traumas, according to these indigenous frames of reference, to also heal your ancestors so that they can be more at peace. Hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times people aren't going to do things for themselves to take as much initiative, right? It's just me. You know what? I'm just going to make toast, but you're coming over for dinner. I'm going to make something nice. Right, right. And if, if you 
heal yourself if you know that you can do this and that it can help also to heal your ancestors that's very powerful mm-hmm. you know and it also nothing else it just means and and i've met some people who's had some uh, pretty fucked up ancestors you know it pretty really really some horrible horrible things and to be free of that so that they're not carrying that baggage with them and at the same time know that by healing themselves their ancestors can be more at peace those issues that they have to resolve um it can be compelling reasons to take action well i'd have to imagine that it's possible if you're kind of a more of a materialist or rational scientifically oriented westerner from that perspective okay. that you could say you could understand intergenerational trauma and how it could be healed um um they're going to say it's genetic. What's that? They're going to say it's genetic. And, and that you could, through epigenetics, you could, you know, you could turn, you could downregulate, upregulate, turn off, off, on, off. Certain genes, so this, whatever it is, doesn't express itself. Um, but healing ancestors might be a little bit far from Because <laughs> <laughs> then you're talking about what time. Time is not linear like one would expect. If you can actually do something yeah. today to have an effect hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of years ago. Well. You know, it depends on the, the, the Western materialist kind of mind that you're speaking of. Uh, I possess that also. However, I am not limited by it. Right. I, 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 because I happen to have two hemispheres in my brain, and I'm quite fond of using both of them. Okay. And, uh, you know, the people that are stuck in the logical side of their brain uh, feel like, they have to give up their logic in order to be intuitive, you know, right side, fuzzy kind of part of their brain. But you don't give it up, just you add to it. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, th- this could be a whole conversation of, on culture and society and, and stuff. We'll, we'll leave that for another conversation. Um, <clears throat> so I, I plan on seeing you again when I come back to SoCal because I teach every quarter. So I'll be, I'll be uh, doing... I'll be having some more interesting experiences on your, on your, uh, in your space behind you here in a couple months. Um, for folks who listen to this, watch this, and are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm interested in learning more. Um, how can I learn more about your work? Uh, lifeattunement.com. And through Life Attunement, they can learn about your work and also set up a, a schedule and appointment with you? Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of need to update my website. Uh, uh, it's not updated with all my latest research, um, but uh, it does have the capability of booking your sessions. You okay, book now and has my contact info. You just have a question or send me a text or give me a call, and I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. Awesome. Well, John, I appreciate the healing you gave me. I appreciate the time that we've had, and I look forward to seeing you here in a couple of months. Okay, sounds great. Cool. Thanks, Max.